0: Welcome to the Master Retention Podcast, presented by UserWise, where we talk to top mobile game experts about their experiences running successful games. A game is only successful if you attract users and continually provide them with reasons to keep playing. In order to keep your fan base happy and eager to play, you must be able to understand their wants and goals, and you need to know their behaviors and habits. While players will often be very eager to share their critiques, you can learn more about what a player wants through data and proper segmentation. This week, Tom speaks with Max Moskavoy, Director of CRM Analytics at Segment Value, about customer relationship management and proper use of segmentation. He'll talk about the importance of customer relationship management, CRMs within the gaming industry, how to build and maintain a good relationship with your players, and how customer lifecycle management is critical for your game. We hope you enjoy.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, Welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. I am Tom Hammond, co-founder of UserWise and your host. Uh, I will say this is like my favorite favorite time of the week. (laughs) I I get to talk to such smart, awesome people. And today I'm actually joined with Max Mozgovay. I think I got the name right. Um, We'll be talking about all all sorts of fun stuff about analytics and CRMs and great stuff about making games um max before we dive into stuff though um i always like to ask like what's your story you know how'd you get into this world of games
2: yeah yeah thanks tom yeah first uh, i just wanted to thank you for having me here actually i really appreciate that and uh yeah uh, actually i really uh love gaming like from from being like a child so even like in the mid 90s, I played a lot with some, um, let's say, uh, the Spectrum. Maybe you heard about this platform, <laughs> PC games. So I, I, I was loving games like RPG, RTS, Genres. Yeah. So I really love the gaming industry. And I was like an um, even gamer myself. So uh, when a company uh, called War Gaming, They're really famous for their uh, games like World of Tanks, World of Warships, World of Warplanes, invited me to join their team in uh, 2015. I didn't hesitate to actually accept, and uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. It was one of the best experiences I had, and uh, yeah, I was responsible for the global CRM analytics there, Uh, so... And since then, I actually worked also in a a company called called Game House, uh, which is uh, basically focusing on occasional mobile games for women uh, as the uh, analytics director. Yeah. But but, yeah, that's how I went there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then is it your company, the the Segment Value?
2: Yeah, yeah, actually. Tell tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started my own uh, consulting business uh, quite a couple of years ago, right? I created a company called Segment Value. Uh, it's an analytics and uh, CRM consultancy company. Uh, yeah, the, the the name is uh, interesting because actually it's because about the uh, uh, it's about the uh, segmented marketing. And uh, measuring future customer value. So it's all all about the CRM, analytics, managing the customer base, and uh, all that stuff.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to get into that a lot. Um, so yeah. that will be fun. Um, yeah, do you typically work with just like general companies? Do you work with games companies at all? Like, you know? Yeah.
2: I really, really, really focusing on the game industry as well. So, like, actually helping, uh, uh, gaming game developers small studios uh, but oh, actually my um let's say uh, experience uh, uh, is more than the gaming industry but actually i'm focusing on the on the on the on the on the different companies like e-commerce finance as well so something like that
1: cool okay so um i would like to start with um Okay, so CRM uh, for folks that aren't really familiar with that, like, can you define like what a CRM is and maybe why it's important?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really, uh, you know, know that many people just considering CRM like some kind of a program or some kind of a system and they're like misunderstanding the whole concept of CR- CRM for me the concept of CRM is a basically the business strategy of managing the customer relationships in the, in the in the long term so it's not like just some kind of a tool um some kind of a program uh that's focused on the sales for example or like targeted marketing or service or managing the uh, some 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 things like uh, let's say customer experience management. It's all part of the CRM, but the whole idea is to manage the longer term uh, relationship uh, relationships with every customer, mm-hmm. and that means you need to understand how you can manage it. So, like you need to understand how to uh, build this relationship with each uh, with each user with each customer, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not that easy Uh, it's not just one 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 (laughs) one process or one program Uh, it's uh, kind of and sales sales are definitely not enough right so like if you if you have a perfect sales but you have like you know this kind of leaky bucket concept right so like you have a lots of inflow but actually some holes in your bucket and then then all your customers just living and the churn is super high. So actually you're losing value in a longer perspective. That's why, uh, actually everyone is focusing on sales, but that's a problem. So like, I feel like there is not enough focus on the, on the retention, managing the long-term relationships. That's why I really love this kind of podcast.
1: (laughs) So, um, like, can you use a CRM within games? So like, historically, I when I think of CRM, I think of like Salesforce. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's all based around like somebody's email and company and stuff. Like, in games, like I don't, I don't feel like this on mobile games. You usually don't have the person's email address. So, like, can you even use them there? Like, and isn't it mostly about like email marketing and stuff like that? Like, how do they yeah. work in games?
2: Yeah, there is some some uh, thing, uh, thing in game like called uh, LiveOps. Probably uh, you know certainly about that. So like LiveOps, a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit yeah. So it it, it 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 has the different name. It's not CRM. It's LiveOps, but more or less the same idea. So how to manage the uh, let's say. A relationship with the users, while some kind of actions, via some kind of engagement tools, and so on. Uh, but again, that's more than that. So, like live ops, it's just a part of it. So, like first, it's the product itself, right? So, like if a product made for uh, good retention and uh, it has like engaging gameplay and tactical depth. Uh, things like uh, really interesting uh, moments in the game, let's say unexpected moments, some kind of things of surprise, because actually it's really important to surprise the audience. If if the game is not not surprising, it's actually, actually it's it's uh, when it's being uh, repetitive and boring, uh it's, it doesn't doesn't have much chance on on uh, retaining uh, retaining people out, right? So like. That's, uh, that's can be uh, part of the game design also. So like, uh, definitely the product itself, uh, is really important, but also the uh, live ops, uh, direct communications, targeted communications, and also, let's say, analytics, because analytics, uh, it's all about, uh, understanding how the customer will behave in the future, right? So like that means like you need to understand what would be the next actions of this particular player, how he will behave in the future, whether it's actually have this kind of tendency to churn or maybe is actually getting bored or uh, having problems with some levels also so like it's it's uh, different things that can be a negative. Uh, experience during the during the uh, gameplay, right? So like that means we need to track it and uh, respond to it efficiently. And the, uh, many many games are not doing it at all. So like if someone is basically uh, facing some problems, some challenges within the game, uh, it's not being addressed by the game, right? So like usually. The whole layer of the communications with the users based on their experiences is not is not actually addressed and that's that can be a huge problem when we're talking about like a long term retention
1: so how would you like in an ideal world, how would you address that or or how would I interact with my players in that way
2: yeah actually uh, Yeah, I can tell you some kind of examples if you want to, so actually... Yeah, I I love
1: examples. Yeah, we we love examples.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, in Wargaming, we've created this system uh, that actually tracked... uh, that that was tracking the... uh, uh, every interaction with the player. So we've gathered huge uh, analytics and huge data as how these...
1: Is an interaction, like, the player just coming into the game, or is that, like, me... Talking to them or, or something like that. Like, what is an interaction?
2: Uh, actually? Actually, the interaction is basically uh, the also the gameplay profile. So, how how, how do they play? Yep. How often do them do they play? What are their favorite, let's say, units and so on? So, actually, all that stuff. So, actually, there is a huge meta gaming uh, about that. But uh, the idea was to understand what is the behavior of each user based on the in-game in game behavior, so it's not just a general style, but it's actually how the the, the users are playing playing the game. And uh, what we did, we actually uh, created the uh, whole lot of uh, machine learning models that are predicting the future behavior of each individual user, each individual player, mm. and uh, we can deliver the messages to these users uh, uh, in real-time manner or close to real-time. So when the model is predicting that this customer, for example, like is going to churn, then we can design the campaign, for example, what is the actual factors that impacting this churn for this particular player. And if we can identify these factors, then we can address that, or even if we can't identify these kind of factors, uh, then we can do something more generic, but still we're trying to retain them.
1: Yeah. So can you actually do things like in the game, like edit? Like I know sometimes when I turn out of a game, especially a competitive type game, it's because I lost, you know, a few times in a row, and I, you get that rage quit. I'm just uninstalling this game, yeah. kind of a thing. So, um, could you effectively figure out? Wow, Tom just lost four games in a row. Like, maybe we should change his matchmaking so that he can actually like match with somebody and win. Otherwise, he's probably just going to get you know pissed off and leave.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, you know, this is this is like a dynamic difficulty thing. So, like, it's really popular in the games. Um, but uh, idea the idea is to understand how the how the players are reacting. to the game environment in general and to understand what is the, uh, basically the problem, problematic areas uh, within this game, uh, gameplay, right? So like, uh, if for example, we have something like negative experience because of like say rage creating or some problems with some serious of uh, losing to some, to, some, to some other players, Yep. In, a multi-player, in a multiplayer game specifically then probably we need to um, address that and actually to say okay guy man you're doing great still so like we can even give you some boosts, uh, boosters or some other things so you can just supply it and uh, have more let's say relaxed and uh, uh, more successful uh, models in the future, right?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about this idea of segmentation because at large, I think, especially in the gaming industry, everyone kind of talks about segmentation as this, you know, awesome, you know, really cool thing that we can do. And yeah. I don't really see many people that really do it or, or really do it well. Um, so I'm curious, like, do you have any examples of, of times you've seen segmentation done really poorly? Yeah, Yeah, actually. Like really well, but like, yeah. What's some examples of like poor or incorrect segmentation and how's that played out?
2: Yeah. The, the whole idea of segmentation is basically, uh, differentiating the users on some, on some, uh, property. And, uh, yeah, you can segment depending on the goal, on 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 different things. For example, you can segment by the color of the eyes, right? So like, but it doesn't make the business sense, right? But uh, unless they're
1: blue eyes, because you know we're the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's 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 an interesting question about the different kind of segmentation. So there are multiple ways of segmenting the customers. So based on their needs, based on their behaviors, based on their actually. Uh, loyalty uh, based on their value based on their potential based on their social demographic factors based on their uh, let's say profile gaming profile or let's say whether it's casual casual player or hardcore player so actually all that stuff it's different let's say dimensions or segmentations right so like it's really really difficult to uh, think about just one kind of segmentation. I did a lot of different things, di- different segments, but it's also the, uh, the key question is how to uh, figure out what, what segmentations will be most useful for this business goal. So mm-hmm. this is the right question that we need to ask. What What's the goal for this particular segmentation? How are we going to use it? So, well, like, it's like, not that, okay, we need to somehow segment our users, but okay, we we can um, do this and this and that, but uh, does it make sense, like, in general? I'm starting uh, to
1: understand why your company is called segment value. Okay, so let's go back (laughs) a little bit, um, because I think this could be a very, very useful exercise for people. So, you listed out a whole bunch of different types of segments. Can you maybe go through each of those, but say, here are maybe two or three, you know, campaign or business goals, use cases of why I would segment players this way. And we'll kind of go through each of those different buckets to give people some really like actionable ideas.
2: Yeah, actually the whole idea of the customer-based management is the segmenting the the, uh, players on the three main uh, variables. First of, uh, of them is basically their loyalty or their predicted loyalty, let's say. So basically it's like a churn uh, metric or the metric of individual propensity to churn for this particular user. Uh, the second one is uh, basically understanding their future value. So how, uh, what would be the cash flow of these particular users in the future? Not just right now, so like, also, like many many gaming companies are just treating LTV as a current LTV, so like that's current value of the of the users, and do, do, doing it like an average uh, level. So like we can just grab all the value and actually dividing onto to the to the users. So actually, it's doesn't make sense. So what 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 I'm talking about is basically value. It's individual value projected to the future. So it's a model that predicting the individual user value in let's say, a month period of time mm-hmm. or six months period of time. Of course, the accuracy of that model can be, uh, let's say, more or less accurate. But let's say, the idea is to uh, figure out what will be the future value, not the current value. And of course, the current value is just only, only, only the small part of value. So, so that's... How would, that, yep. yeah.
1: How would you use that in the camp? So I, I think I understand the concept of, okay, yep. I've made a segment of five dollars future value in a month ten dollars twenty and maybe fifty or something yeah i got a few segments how would you actually use those segments within a like a a campaign or something to actually do something
2: yeah so the idea uh, of using using uh, future value is to understand how much can we spend on the retention of the users right so like Uh, And uh, this is actual money. So it's not the, let's say virtual currency. It's uh, actual money that because actually uh, players uh, spending actual money, right? So like uh, they're spending, for example, like a hundred bucks. And uh, you can, if you, for example, if if they are uh, high with the high probability of churn uh, and uh, we still have like. Uh, 50 bucks to retain them, it it would be a huge deal, right? So like we are spending 50 bucks to retain uh, the 100 100 bucks customer, right? And that means means you can identify the actual uh, money or offer that you can make to this particular user in order to retain them. And this kind of uh, offer can be really measured in, in some, real, in some real money. Mm-hmm. So That's the first case. Good.
1: Yeah. So I could kind of mm-hmm. either give them a highly discounted offer or I could gift them some free content or something like that that has, you know, like $50 of value because that's going to get them to retain and ultimately yeah. spend the $100 of value kind of thing. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first case. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah. The second one is to identify the whole... Efficiency of your marketing activities, targeted marketing activities, live ops event, feature changes, and so on. Because right now, the uh, current current A/B tests actually showing just the let's say uh, pretty uh, narrow horizon uh, in terms of like okay, what w- what will happen in next week or next two weeks. But the problem is when you are uh, stimulating or uh, Making the customers pay for something, right? Then you can probably drive the sales at first, but then there will be uh, a, a, a decline or a gap on rate, sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a really, really common situation, right? And also, uh, your aggressive sales efforts can drive churn. So actually you can damage your longer term value. Mm -hmm. So the idea is to understand what would be the actual incremental efficiency of your uh, combined LTV compared to the control group. And then if you can identify these things, you can see that these Campaigns are really driving value, or these events are really driving value, or these, uh, let's say, uh, feature changes are really driving value, like, because it's not just a regular, uh, shorter term uh, let's say, increment of RPU or, or of RPPU, for example, uh, but this uh, longer-term uh, increase of LTV. And that's why you need to this to, to calculate this kind of longer term so LTV because you you can't wait like six months before it, it actually become uh, will become let's say obvious for you. But you need mm-hmm. to know these kind of changes based on actual changes in the behavior of the user base as early as possible. Interesting,
1: very interesting. Um can you use segmentation to do different like so uh, let's just say let's just talk about ads because it's easier than maybe think about other things but like um as a user there's probably a certain number of ads that i'm willing to tolerate so like youtube how it used to be a few years ago when you know every maybe like three or four videos i'd have like a single ad yeah i was like okay Nowadays, it's like two or three ads minimum before I watch any video and it yeah. irritates the heck out of me and I've almost wanted to start my own version of YouTube to get away from it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like they've gone beyond my threshold um, or maybe they exactly. haven't because I still sometimes use it. But to me, they, they've broken their trust with me. I, I don't like YouTube anymore.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Do you think that like, you know, I could use segmentation to kind of group users based on, you know, what is their ad tolerance where like, they feel like it's an equal equilibrium. Like I realize they need to make money, but it's not too impactful on, you know, me and my life. Like,
2: exactly. Is that a case
1: where you could use something like this?
2: Yeah. uh, In one of the companies called IVI, it was uh, also the, like a Netflix. So like, you know, probably know Netflix, right? So like, yeah uh, that's 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 uh, uh, interesting company because actually they wanted to actually offload a huge volume of the uh, of the uh, ads to the users just because they can and the problem was like the the users uh, uh became uh let's say more churn prone uh, after mm-hmm. that and that 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 can be uh that can be measured. So, like, what I tried to do, I uh, actually measured the churn uh, propensity of the different categories of users with different levels of uh, of the ad load. Let's say, right, and uh, then we 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 will we actually we have figured out what are the uh, optimal points when it's not damaging the. Uh, Let's say overall value of your customer base, but still giving you the a decent amount of, uh, let's say ad money out of that. So it balanced, uh, balanced out with the actually balance the actual, uh, income from the, uh, uh, ads with the uh, higher probability of churn. So mm-hmm. you, you need to, you need to, Uh, create this kind of sensitivity model right so like this kind of sensitivity modeling, is really important when you're talking about the ads and of course different kinds of users can be really sensitive or not sensitive at all to the ads so like you need to segment your customers based on that so whether your, your players are really sensitive to the ads so maybe you need to Decrease the overall amounts of of your ads uh, displayed, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they are don't care at all. So like they get used to having a tons of ads. So why shouldn't you like lose your money, right? So like, <laughs> but how do depends. you
1: how do you figure out if somebody is like sensitive to an ad or not? Like, can I do that at all with analytics? Do I have to yep. actually talk to Absolutely. people or do surveys or like? Is there a blended approach?
2: Uh, it's a blended approach mostly, so like actually you need to identify the category of users who are actually uh, more uh, let's say sensitive to the ads or less sensitive and basically you can you can see it based on the how the users are interacting with these ads. Are they like closing it uh, first time uh, they actually see this claim close button? Or well, they kind of see, like they can, they can uh, see some longer terms. Uh, you can see some longer terms interactions with the with the ads, or yeah, so like they can watch it, let's say, uh, longer, or maybe even even clicking sometimes. So actually, all these all the things about the ad interaction can be the part of the model that can predict the actual uh, probability of uh, accepting or um, not accepting the ad, or sensitivity to the to the ad in ge- ads in general. So, like it, it can can be done. So, like uh, more modern modern things like uh, data science tools can really help with that. So, mm.
1: okay, um, okay, let's let's go back to our uh, kind of going through those different groups of ways that you can segment players. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, yeah.
1: Okay, so we did the um, the future value one. So what what's a yeah. way to group players after that?
2: So actually, uh, there is not, another another thing. It's basically called potential. <clears throat> it's really important. So potential is uh, what is the user potential in terms of like spending money. Mm-hmm. So we we can identify the key uh, gaps in in utilizing this potential. For example, let's say. Uh, if these particular users can spend, let's say, 100 bucks per game and he's just spending only five because these dynamics or of the game or, or the game design process uh, actually is not letting him to spend actually the 100 bucks, then you're missing 95% of your potential utilization and that's that's really really important to know for each player or at least estimate what is the what is the actual uh potential of of the user uh for for spending some money and to know this kind of potential you need to know uh what is the uh what is the let's say uh in probably the purchases uh, uh, within some different games if you have some kind of portfolio of games you can cross-reference the user and then identify the different uh, uh, key patterns patterns in, in the in their behavior. So, like they can help you to uh, see, for example, that's a whale or that's a super whale. So, like how you can identify whales early. So, like it can be a super super interesting task for yeah. for the data science for the, for the analytics. Okay.
1: I have a slightly different variation of question. Um, yeah. so I've generally noticed that, um, running a live game well becomes more difficult over time. And I think part of the reason is, is that, you know, early on when the game is launched, you've got maybe your like golden cohort, your elder players, and then you've got the new players that are coming in, but yeah. over time, Those elder players keep getting, you know, further and further into the game. And those new players also progress, but there's always new players coming in. And so you end up having all these different kind of cohorts based on when they started. And maybe you have a spender that like lists out, but, you know, everyone's kind of at a different spot throughout the content, you know, spree. And there always seems to be like, you almost need to increase the team of your team size so that you have one person responsible for each of those different kind of nodes of players because got to have something interesting and valuable, you know, along the steps of the way. One of my biggest complaints was Supercell. Um, it's when I'm playing Clash Royale. And they claim they have these like ungodly good um, machine learning algorithms to you the perfect offer in the stores. I think they're crap because whenever <laughs> I played Clash Royale, and I played for like five years, um, like, you know, I had just spent, I don't know, like weeks or months leveling up This particular card, and it's like, oh, I only need like 200 more or 40 more or whatever it is to like finish it and like upgrade it. What do they give me in the store? Do they give me the last 200, which at this point in time I probably would spend on? No, they give me like some card that like I've never used in any of my decks ever, and it made no (laughs) sense to me. Of course. Um, And so you know, one of the things I'm kind of wondering is like, well. I don't think I was ever like a super hyper spender whale. I was just like an early player. So like you probably got your elder players up here and I'm like a little bit behind. And so like, is somebody just never like looking at my cohort of group players or or something like that. Um, so I I guess I'm just kind of curious, like, do you have recommendations on how to handle like these kinds of cohorts and stuff? And without maybe like continually increasing the team size, because it might not make sense financially to do.
2: Yeah, the, the, uh, what you're talking about is basically the customer life cycle management, right? So, like, you know, we can split it out for for some life cycle uh, stages. Let's say, newbies, those who actually wanted to develop, actually developing uh, players, those who actually wanted to uh, even more compete more, uh, and so on. So up to the point when they really are uh, at the top and they mm-hmm. need to be nurtured more than just, just developed or let's say uh, uh, uh creating some kind of uh you know campaigns for uh let's say um, education of the of the early uh, early uh, players or onboarding or something like that so mm-hmm. like uh, coming back to this kind of idea with what what uh, Supercell is doing uh, they are, uh, probably just blindly using the machine learning model. And that's kind of problem that also many companies are doing. So like the problem is you can't, you shouldn't like you blindly use like a machine learning model, uh, without understanding, uh, what is the actual, um, let's say business rules that you need to apply with this, with this model. So how you can, how you should structure your communication, what is the, Go for your um, player and uh, basically what, how, how you can uh, transform your knowledge that you are getting from the machine learning uh, model to some kind of uh, insight that you can utilize in your, in your campaign. So, uh, how to transform this knowledge and how to apply these business rules is really, really, uh, Kind of interesting question. So, actually, you need to customize it every time that you need to, depending Mm -hmm. on the actual goal. So, uh, supercell should should ask uh, themselves, so, like, what is the goal they have for you as the player?
1: Yeah, because my goal at that point in time was getting those last 200 cards to, like, you know, upgrade this guy. Exactly,
2: exactly. And they didn't, like, figure out what, 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 what what is this goal, right? So, like, and how your goal matched with their goals, so like they they cannot actually match it, and uh, that's why there is a disconnect and there is a, a absolute, let's say, absolutely irrelevant uh, irrelevant campaigns that you are uh, receiving from them, mm-hmm. and that's 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 the key understanding of how the uh, users should progress is identifying their goals. And I matching these goals with the goals of the business for this particular player or for this particular customer, so it's also the part of the like longer customer relationship management strategy
1: mm. so that sounds super cool um, for me that maybe has a million or two million or ten million you know monthly players, how could I possibly figure out what each of their you know, goals are, is, yeah. Do you have any like ways that you've been able to to work through that?
2: Yeah, sure. So like, actually you have all, let's say, all your customer base. Uh, Some guys actually uh, made up to some super high levels, right? So basically the idea is to uh, understand what is the in-game progression and what are the meta they are playing, so, uh, what are the different, let's say, trajectories of developing, uh let's say, for some particular, let's say, deck of cards that you're using, for example. So, you are striving to get this kind of deck, uh, and uh, this would be your trajectory of development, and uh, maybe you are not the only one. So, actually there are many, many uh, players who have a similar deck, right? So, like, they are having, like, a similarity in terms of, like, their behavior. So, like, they're also developing the same set of cards in a longer-term perspective, right? So, you can identify these clusters Mm -hmm. and figure out, okay, this is your behavioral cluster and, then we need to uh, predict what is the next goal for you, as the uh, let's say player in this in this sense in this particular uh, trajectory. And if they can identify these trajectories of goals or trajectories of development meta development, uh, then they can utilize it to help you or to monetize uh, better because they know what you need, what you're uh, actually up to.
1: Mm. Interesting. So uh, let's pretend that I'm playing uh, World of Warcraft. There's many, many things that you can do within World of Warcraft. Uh, If they notice that I'm, let's say, doing auction house all the time, maybe they could infer that I'm trying to earn a certain you know, gold value or something to buy something or to do something in there, or that's just the way that I like to play the game. Um, If on the other hand, they notice that, hey, upon hitting max level, this player goes and they play PvP a lot. What am I trying to do? Well, maybe my goal is I want to be able to do the higher tier arenas, like the 2v2s, 3v3s. I can't do that until I get my PvP gear. So I'm doing these other, uh, you know, battlegrounds to earn honor so that I can get that gear. So my current goal is to get the gear so that I can get into the arena so that I can, you know, win, you know, higher, better armor or whatever, like, so you kind of like tear out those goals and you can kind of group the players based on, Hey, these are still in the, the battlegrounds. So this person is now in the arenas. This person's over here and you can kind of like tear it up. And the types of things that you do are oriented towards the people with that particular, small goal even though you know their higher level goal may ultimately be the same
2: yeah yeah that's right so like uh, that's 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 uh, the things that you need to identify so like the what is the uh, intermediary goal what is the end goal Um, it's uh, really more complex for the game like let's say rts uh, Mm -hmm. because actually the uh, space of Are the possible options, possible variants? It's just huge. Uh, So, like, yeah, you can do something like, let's say, DeepMind uh, did when they're trying to predict the best behavior and actually they're trying to harness the agent that actually played, uh, actually uh, playing StarCraft. Maybe you heard about that. Uh, And that's the. The idea of getting to the top, but the uh, the the key key uh, problem here is basically that the company can't afford to do this most of the time. So, like uh, for the RTS uh, games, I would I would really to uh, let's say uh, would love to reduce this complexity to some kind of uh, major blocks of of the behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that would be it, because uh, even with these blocks, you will get some incremental effect. Um, and when we're talking about the more complex games, like uh, <laughs> let's say even even like chess or like uh, Go or whatever games, they really really have a lots of different uh, different variants. So. Uh, that's why you need to to understand where are you where. Wh- wh- what's your game? How the how the players are developing over time? So like, are, are they just linearly developing the things? Like, uh, most of the time they do. So like, most of the time they have just a linear algorithm of development. So like, uh, in the simple casual games, let's say ninety five percent of the market, they they just Linearly developing their character or their console, like they're just buying things over that same things over and over, because the the game itself is really simple and uh, let's say repetitive. But Mm -hmm. that's why they really don't don't care about this kind of tactical complexity or uh, different options, different variants, and so on it's also the segment of games that uh, the people love to play. Right. So like, um,
1: but how, how would you figure out like what a player's goal? Like, let's say I'm playing something simple, like a a solitaire game or like a, a, I don't know, a Royal match. Um, You know, is my goal really just finishing that room and, and beating that next level or does it go beyond that?
2: Uh yeah so like you can have some kind of engagement metrics that can be real time so like uh, depending on 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 the on the things how you are playing this particular level for example uh you can figure out what is this what whether this level is really simple for you or not that simple and that means like you really uh have some problems with this so like actually you are getting engaged so like you are you're uh loving this challenge more and you are trying and trying on and on and on and trying to beat the game, mm-hmm. then this is your goal, probably, mm-hmm. so like you're the player who uh loves the change, the challenge right and uh when the when we we are talking about the players who actually just stop playing, so like they don't care about the complexity, so like if they are encountering some problems. They just stop playing these games, start playing some other game, and so on, so that means that uh, they they just want to spend their time so like it's just the kind of you know just regular time spender and uh, uh, they don't don't need this kind of complexity at all so uh, all these all these different kinds of players uh will you 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 can also track these kind of differences in the behavior for this for, for different segments. And depending on that, you can tweak your game. Or maybe if you if your uh, game is 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 the um, let's say wrong choice for these kind of players, maybe you can recommend such, uh, to 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 these players some other games that would be more uh, let's say convenient for for him or her to uh, to play, right? So like, or maybe more challenging, depending on the uh, goal. So uh, especially when the company uh, have a huge portfolio uh, of games, uh, depending on the profile, some of them can be more competitive or less competitive. And uh, depending on that, you can figure out what would be the best game for this particular player and recommend it. Gotcha.
1: That's really cool. Okay, so I know we don't have too much time left, but I want to switch gears just a little bit. And let's yep. just talk talk about like CRM systems in general. Like, um, are there any CRMs that you would you know recommend that people consider using for games, or, or what? What's maybe like the base functionality that you'd look for in a CRM system?
2: Yeah, uh, for games, I'm uh, mostly uh, mostly looking at the uh, live ops management system. So basically, it's targeted marketing with some push notifications, with some uh, in app events uh or i mean in app messaging so like basically if they can, if it can support the um different channels, not just the regular ones like email or like <clears throat> uh web uh, it's also can be some social channels or even messengers or uh even even some uh things like uh you know again integrating deeply with the game and triggering some uh, for example, some functionality in the game, so uh, that will help you to uh, retain the players. So the idea, in terms of like serum system, there are there are some players. I don't want to actually uh, to uh, to advertise a lot. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but there are some uh, there are like some you... players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who who are who are I mean like. Uh, Companies who are doing these kind of uh, um, uh, products in terms of like uh, cloud, cloud uh, campaign, uh, campaign management systems, and uh, yeah. uh, uh, actually depending on the budget, depending on the functional requirements, depending on the uh, complexity of the game, depending on the analytics or some other stuff, uh, it can be really, really um interesting interesting challenge to, to implement it because actually it's not simple so yeah mostly mostly they think like okay it's it's but it's not too complex i would say as well so like it's it's manageable uh many uh, companies uh did this uh and uh, uh i think like uh it, it really depends on your on the on the company's goal so like uh if they want to start with something simple they can so like uh, or if they want to invest in something more uh, advanced mm-hmm. yeah they can do this as well so like yeah. um, again I, I i really don't want to uh, kind of skew this kind of talk to to the favor of some some com- uh, uh, company, right? But uh, actually, we run multiple, multiple, thing, multiple different solutions. So, like, yeah, if if someone's interested in uh, in, a, in a more, let's say, private discussion, I can share. Um, yeah, cool, so of course.
1: Um, as you're kind of like getting into this thing, so there's a uh, an article by a buddy of mine that I love um, that's called Homescapes is a masterclass in live ops. Um, yeah. And in there, he actually breaks down a calendar of like what Homescapes does. And what's interesting with Homescapes is that I assume they know their players pretty well. But I think yeah. most players are women, right, like over 30. Probably yeah. most of them have families and busy work lives and then things like that. All that to say is they don't really have a lot of time to play during the week. Um, so Monday through Thursday, they're usually running you know one to three different events in there. And they're super basic events. Like you log in. You maybe play a game or two. You get some, you know, pretty nice rewards. Like it's almost like, well, well, why wouldn't I log in and get that? I'm just like hurting myself if I don't. Yep. But then come Friday, Saturday, um, you know, these players have lots of time on their hands. It's the weekend. Super challenging events, big rewards, big risk. It's like you got to win ten games in a row to, you know, earn whatever. Yep. Now Homescape monetizes mostly with that plus five moves. I tell you what. Plus five moves, you know, in the, the first game, you know, game one, nobody probably cares if they lose that, but you get that plus five moves in game nine or game 10, where if you don't do that plus five moves, you have to start all the way over again and go <laughs> all the way back through again. And, it's you know, it really cool. brings up the pressure. And it's like, you're so close to that reward. It's like, Oh, the yeah. pressure's on. And that's where they make most of revenue. You're like you look at their weekly revenue spend and it spikes up according to those events. Um, but they've really like oriented their game. In a time that like, if I don't want to spend on the weekend, I still have the time to go back through and play the 10 yeah. games to try to get back to it or whatnot. Um, and I just found that's very interesting. Have you seen similar successes and other games kind of looking at the player, you know, typical timeframes and trying to build the campaigns and the engagement and stuff based on their general behaviors?
2: Yeah, uh, actually, there are some games uh, who are really, really focusing on that. Uh, so. Yeah. Again, I don't want to uh, to uh, get to to some kind of names. Don't want to advertise anyone, but uh, I would say that uh, let's say some Kings game actually did this, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, social point actually works works on that as well. Um, yeah, but, uh, there are, there are some, uh, really interesting ideas that they, they, they have found in terms of like managing the, the, the player base. And, uh, they really, I know that they're investing a lot in, uh, in their, uh, customer base research and the customer base management, uh, uh, capabilities, I would say. So, okay. yeah, uh, but, but but again the, the the point is not to, to just identify when the uh, uh players can spend their money, but what would be the most uh let's say most engaging cycle of of the of the events so it's not just one events it can be serious events for example it can be like longer term events let's say that that will take a month. Uh, but you need to uh, to do all the prerequisites to get the super nice great final task that will give you a lot of fancy stuff yeah. but to do that you need to uh, fulfill the regular maybe more let's say boring tasks let's say through the through the through the day and uh, maybe when when all that stuff uh, actually uh, was tested and actually compared to the actual control group and uh, if, if we can see for example there is a uh, huge boost uh, of activity at least for those uh, for those customers who started to engage uh, to engage in this kind of longer term cycle so it's always super beneficial to have this kind of uh, longer term carrot and uh, when they ha- can see this kind of card, okay, okay, we want to get there. So like uh, we will spend this, this, this uh, uh, sometime during, let's say even three, four weeks, uh, and uh, then we can uh, get this kind of reward. And that's that can be, again, the uh, longer-term engagement tactics, but uh, th- they can be multiple. And uh, I would say that uh, we should let's say we shouldn't focus on this on this kind of tactics it's just for me it's also a bit of a tricky thing because right now the um, uh, companies are becoming really more and more inventive in terms of how to pull pull the money out of the pockets of of players. But the idea is whether when when the players, if you if you want to build a really customer centered business, you need to understand what are you delivering uh, beyond the just a fun game. So what is the uh, what what is your let's say major goal? And the ca- companies are not uh, really thinking about it, that. So like they're really focused on this kind of longer term algorithm uh, algorithm of pushing uh, the games, actually pulling the cash. And, uh, they don't, don't think about what is the extra value that they can deliver to the player beyond just fun. So yes. fun, fun can be the main product, but whether the, for example, uh, the mission of the company can be, for example, uh, how, how they actually positively t- transform people. So like this, this is an idea of the truly customer centric business. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, so like, who is the ideal player? Who is actually spending day and nights playing your game? Is it is it the correct uh, correct uh, idea? But I'm, I'm I don't think so. So like, the problem is like this: this is the huge, uh, let's say, bias towards the players who just wanted to play the game and that's it. But mm. the, the, the 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 companies are really not giving something uh back and they're not uh really providing some life-changing experience or let's say educative experience uh even in the in the fun games
1: yeah definitely well max i know we're kind of out of time here so i do have one last question for you because it is the last podcast of course and that's you know what's one tip or trick or lesson you've learned over the years to increase retention like how do you keep your players playing for longer
2: yeah, the key idea is to know your player, is to understand what 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 uh, is the player and uh, basically what he needs and how how to fulfill these needs. So it's not a trick; it's just a knowledge. So how to get this knowledge? There are multiple multiple ways of getting that. But uh, if you want to uh, grow your retention, then you need to adapt. So like, and adapt to the needs of users. Uh, players and uh, understand how the game can be changed according to these means. Okay. Sounds good. That's great.
1: Well, Max, if people do want to get in contact with you or, you know, learn more about your company, uh, is there a good way for them to do that?
2: Yeah, sure. Absolutely. They can contact me uh, via LinkedIn or uh, any other, uh, you know, uh, channel. So, Let me know if you need anything, I will be glad to help you.
1: Cool stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much. Talk soon.
2: (laughs) Thank you. It's it, it, it it's a pleasure.